Paper Room Podcast. What's good? We're back. Danny here alongside our fellow Paper Room host, Isha. Isha, say what's up to everybody. What's up? And if you guys are watching and not listening, uh, you can see that we have a special guest with us, Miss Lisa Jones. Lisa, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Excited for this. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a great conversation today. Uh, I... Some of y'all might know who Lisa is uh, if you're a part of BT Church. If you're not a part of BT Church and listening, you probably have no idea who Lisa is. So let me kind of share a little bit about your experience uh, that you share with me. Uh, here we go. 20 years of ministry, teaching, and coaching. Dang. That's a lot. Uh, served at BT Church in a variety of roles for about 17 of those years. A licensed pastor, CEO, and founder of Eyes on the Prize Leadership Coaching certified trainer, speaker, and coach for Maxwell Leadership Team. Uh, And also you are part of Leadership McAllen as well. Uh, So a lot of of experience that you have. And so all to say, if you're tuning in and you don't know Lisa, know this, you're about to hear hear some good wisdom uh, because Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome. Uh, So let me kind of remind us of why we do uh, what we're doing with the paper room. This is all about uh, helping young adults kind of navigate the craziness of life. Young adults mm-hmm. are trying to figure out what school to go to, who to date, who to marry, what uh, job to go after. Like a lot of just formative stuff happens in the young adult age. Uh, and so our goal is to help you follow Jesus during this crazy time of trying to answer all those questions, uh, but also trying to get practical with life as well. Uh, and today is going to be a really uh, interesting practical question that we want to try to answer. Uh, today's focus is going to be how to have tough conversations, which is already sounds tough, right? (laughs) Uh, My personality, I'm like, um, I'm I'm already going to check out. Um, Just kidding. (laughs) I'm going to learn a lot right now. Uh, But I feel like the majority of people, uh, we like to kind of run away from this specific topic. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you're tuning in, you're listening, and you're like, ah, this is not about dating, so I'm going to tune out right now. (laughs) Uh, But this is so applicable for your life uh, because you're either going to be on the giving end of this sort of thing of, of giving a tough conversation to somebody uh, or probably more applicable right now is you're going to be on the receiving end of this. So mm. how do you receive a tough conversation? Mm. Well, uh, when it comes to the workplace, when it comes to relationships or family, even uh, there's a lot of areas that this can apply to. Uh, so uh, I, I am excited uh, to jump into this. But as I read your credentials, one of the things that kind of popped uh, to me is an emphasis on leadership, uh, leadership training, coaching with uh, the Maxwell leadership team, uh, leadership McAllen, kind of all that stuff that, that you have a huge emphasis on that uh, just topic and theme of leadership. And so just kind of getting to know you a little bit uh, and our audience getting to know you as well uh, is kind of what maybe led to that. Like what kind of gave you the passion to pursue leadership um, in that way? Well, I think I was born with it. Um, I've just always been interested in it. And maybe it's because I'm an only child and and I probably had a reputation of being bossy. I was really good at telling people what they should do. But learning how to, you know, rein that in and make it serve people Mm. rather than just be bossy. But I think I have a natural ability and inclination towards it. And every time I've taken like a spiritual gift assessment or other kind of skill or personality, yes, (laughs) assessments, it always comes up towards the top for me. And then specifically, I was always drawn to John Maxwell's books. I would read those. And so when the opportunity came for me to be a certified member of his team, like I was so ready and I just Jumped mm. on it. 
really quick, uh, just in case people don't know who John Maxwell is, can you just give us like a quick, like, this is who he is? Yes, I would say he's like the leadership guru in America. <laughs> and what I really like about him, you know, So he's being... like the Taylor Swift of leadership. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Before T-Swift, there was <laughs> J-Max. Yeah. Um, and so he has written like umpteen mil... He sold millions and millions mm. of books. What I like about him is that he comes out of the um, ministry world. He okay. was a pastor. Mm. And so all of his ideas and values align mm. with mine. So I just really love him. And what I like that he says about leadership, this is how he defines it. And I love it because it's simple and easy to remember. And I think it gives hope to everyone. He says leadership is nothing more than influence. Mm. No more. Leadership is influence. No more, no less. Mm. Okay. So to me, what that says is, Everyone has some level of influence yeah. in their life. Mm -hmm. They're influencing people. Yeah. Obviously, some people have a bigger platform of influence than others, mm -hmm. but I think it gives hope that some people may count themselves out as a leader, but you have influence over someone, yes. friends yeah. or whatever. And so how are you going to use that leadership? That's good. Even on social media, like you have X amount of people that follow you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's You're influencing those people because they made the decision to follow you. And so exactly. by the way, the things you're posting, things you're sharing uh, does affect it. Uh, random question. Do you have like a specific book book of John Maxwell or resource that's kind of like your absolute favorite? Uh, yes. The 21 uh, Characteristics of Leadership. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So that I one's Google good. That. It talks about different facets. I would say that's his like cornerstone uh, book. That's so good. I love it. Uh, so, you know, one thing you mentioned, like everybody is a leader, whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. And so young adults, as you're tuning in, uh, realizing that, like you may not feel it right now, you may not realize it yet, uh, but you are a leader. Uh, and essentially, um, I think learning about these qualities are going to help you uh, just kind of in serving the church uh, and the position mm -hmm. that you're going to have, whether job or career, uh, and even just leading uh, yourself and leading your family. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I want to ask this next question of, what do you think, like, for that young adult who's maybe struggling, like, am I a leader? Like, do, do I feel this or not? Uh, what do you think are some necessary qualities that a young adult should be, like, maybe pursuing right now uh, to kind of get into a position of leadership or just, like, things that they should start doing now uh, and building themselves up for a position of leadership that they might have one day? Yeah, I think it's important to build skills. But I think also it's important to build, uh, you know, the hard skills, like uh, being able to do certain tasks that whatever your field of work demands, but also interpersonal mm. skills, I think is really important that relate how to have really good relationships mm -hmm. is going to serve you well. Um, so yeah, I would say like your hard skills, your uh, interpersonal, your character. Yeah. Um, yeah, your character and integrity, those are important, the the value type things. That's good. Yeah, I want to ask you this question, Isha. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I know that like part of your story that we also you heard on the last podcast, if you listen to that one, as far as our calling that you kind of just jumped into leadership, mm -hmm. uh, like thrown into the deep end, which a lot of times in ministry, that's what happens. You're just like, all right, you're here, you're available, yeah. go swim. Um <laughs> What was like your feeling in that moment? Like, did you feel ready, excited? Were you nervous, scared? Like kind of what was that for you when you jumped into leadership for students? Um, so actually, you, I think you mentioned this on the Sunday sermon that we just had. Um, but uh, Shameless plug, along, to that. With that, <laughs> along with that job opportunity right before that, 
was my calling mm-hmm. that I felt. And right before that was like the hardest thing I had ever experienced, mm-hmm. which was like a breakup. Mm-hmm. So right after that, it's like my eyes were like unveiled and I could finally see clearly what God had for me. And so that was like he was calling me to ministry in that moment. And then it was like the realization right after that of like, wait, but I can't. Like, I'm not qualified at all. I'm not ready for that. Didn't you just see, like, what happened to me? You know, Mm. like, I don't have the experience at all. Like, how am I supposed to lead people when I feel like I'm not a very good leader, honestly? Mm. And so I felt super not prepared, super not um, ready. And I was scared, super scared for an entire year, actually. My first year on the job in ministry, I was very scared. I, w- I thought I was going to lose my job for some reason. <laughs> thing, like, yeah. I thought I, I thought I was going to do something wrong, and they were going to be like, "Sorry, you just you messed up." So, <laughs> bye. You know, <laughs> I was very scared. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's so funny we feel that way, especially like in the context of ministry. It's like we do one thing wrong, and you're like, "All right, you're done." Like that's it, uh, which is like a weird feeling to have. Uh, the feeling of just always under this like umbrella of like, man, if I mess up, then I'm done, which I think is, is a reality that comes from like the, the, the culture, the workplace. Like, I mean, you got one shot and like, and that's it. So you better take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, obviously in ministry, from my experience, and I think that we've all experienced, there's a lot of grace in that. And so if you're in the ministry world, know that whoever is in position of authority over you, hopefully they give you some grace uh, if something does happen. Uh, but I do think that this topic of how to have tum- tough conversations can apply just across the board, uh, whether it's relationships, it's dating, but also uh, one thing we're going to get into a little bit uh, is the workplace. Um, for some of y'all, maybe you have jobs right now, you're looking for a job. Some of you, you work at Chick-fil-A and you started off as, you know, you're putting nuggets in a box, but now you're leading a team of people and you're even mm-hmm. setting some schedules. Uh, and so like, that's why I think it's so good to understand this because if, if you're influencing one person or you're leading a group of people, uh, it's important to know how to have tough conversations, uh, like I mentioned earlier, because you might be on the receiving end or you might be on the giving end of where you have to do it. But I think about uh, just the reality of like dating. Uh, one thing that I've always done, like in student ministry or young adult ministry too, uh, is that, all right, if you're talking to someone, have the DTR talk, which is the define the relationship, right? Uh, and people don't want to do that. Like we, mm. we love the casual. We don't really like the committed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But that, that, that conversation is, is really what's going to help conversations later on down the road, right? Uh, and so that's kind of what this is of how to have a tough conversation is just having the real moments of willingness to pursue that to somebody. Um, and so in that, um, I know for me and my personal experience, uh, you know, obviously, uh, currently I'm pastor on a staff here at BT Church. Uh, there are people of position uh, and authority over me, uh, looking at our senior pastor, Chris, and associate pastor, Nick, who's normally on the podcast. Uh, and sometimes, I don't know why this is the case, but sometimes, and, and I've known both these men for a long time, right? Chris is one of my best friends. But yet, in the work setting, when I get a text from one of them that says, hey, can you meet me in my office? The feeling I get is like, <laughs> just scared, right? Like you said, yeah, like, yeah. that's it. Like, today's a day. I'm oh, like, well, I was scared of Chris for yeah, like, well, everybody's scared, scared of Chris. <laughs> yeah, amen. Uh, and he's, he doesn't understand why. But I'm like, bro, like, it's just who you are. Um, but like, you know, in that moment, like texting Summer, like, hey, like, this might be it. Like, you know, let's start looking for a new job, new city. I don't know. I might get fired today. Um, and even though, like, I know, like, nothing happened, but it's like, you just don't know. Uh, and so like in considering that, like, why do you think people feel that way? Almost like a level of defeat uh, when they're going into a conversation with the, someone uh, who's in a position of authority over them. Mm-hmm. Well, it is scary. 
So if somebody says, whatever context it is, whether it's professional or personal, like, hey, can we talk? Mm. Immediately, there's a part in your brain called the amygdala. And it's like the threat meter of your brain. Mm. You all of a sudden go on high defense because you don't know, is this a threat? Is this yeah. a threat to my um, my stability, to my way of life, uh, my happiness, my mm. future? So immediately your amygdala gets very active. So it is the job of your prefrontal cortex that kind of like, okay, calm down. It's the reasoning part. So when you feel that amygdala and, and then you're, you're, you start getting shaky and your heart starts pounding and you start getting scared, I don't know what it is about humanity that we play what if all the time yes. and it's always negative. <laughs> like, well, what if oh, it's wow. great? It's what, if they, what if they want to call you in and give you a promotion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a raise or something like that? Mm. But what I'm guessing is because if it's something good we don't need to be prepared for it we will happily receive that but if it's something bad i think yeah. we're wanting to prepare ourselves so mm -hmm. when i would get a call hey can we talk i would do like this mental inventory like yes. mm, yeah mm, what went wrong what i do bad what i do wrong yes. what am i gonna get in trouble for so i think so i could start preparing my answer yeah. and my defense for yeah. it so what I would say to people who are in that situation is realize that you're having a, a, a bio, you know, uh, what's the word, a physiological response in your brain where your amygdala is really acting up. And so you need to kind of like, okay, calm down. I don't know what it is. And so for Christians in the room, I would say definitely pray. Yeah. Pray mm -hmm. up. And so were you looking for me to answer um, maybe how we should approach yeah. as we're headed yeah. down the hall? Do that too, yeah. <laughs> Praying all the, the mile way. walk down the hallway. <laughs> yes. So I think that humility is always going to serve you well. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. And just realize, okay, if I am being called on the carpet for something, like you need to assess it and, and really own your part if you did do something wrong yeah. and admit it. Uh, I think most people are very gracious when we say, yeah, I'm sorry, I really messed up on that. And then if we commit, I want to do better on that. So I don't know if that That's answers good. your question. No, yeah. And, and the thing I kept contemplating on that you said that kind of blew my mind a little bit is in those moments, we play the what if mm -hmm. and it's always negative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, that's so true. We um, do. And, and because we, we start running those things to our mind. And so, yeah, having that just posture of like, all right, I'm ready to receive um, whatever happens right now. And a lot of times it may not be a tough conversation. They, they need to talk to you about something specific because of who you are and your skill set or whoever it might mm -hmm. be in your position. Um, and so... But let's say it is a tough conversation, right? And so, which is, you know, what we're talking about today. Um, and you're on the receiving end of that. I want to get a little bit more into that. And, you know, you talked about having the posture of humility uh, and those sort of things. Uh, but what are some just practical things that we can do um, just in the receiving end? And and uh, if you've had a tough conversation, too, on the receiving end, kind of things that you've experienced as well, Isha. Uh, but just things that we can do in that moment and maybe even things that we should not do in that mm -hmm. moment as well. Um, I, one thing I would add is um you know something that i learned in being fearful of chris <laughs> you know like just that Poor was just Pastor one chris. of the that was just one of the we funny moments of <laughs> the year listening. on staff but then he started throwing ketchup packets at me and that's an inside <laughs> joke so <laughs> if you were there you know yeah. he threw a ketchup packet at me and then it lightened the air a little bit and okay. then i realized okay he's funny did you throw it back 
uh no oh, you're and like, it was not my sweater just, just either saved it for later yeah. I had to wash the sweater <laughs> um but one of the things that I learned just how to overcome those fears that I had of doing something wrong of messing up of letting somebody down um was we cannot fear man and mm-hmm. that was just uh, of course we're still working on that every day you know because we're human and we we see what's in front of us as a threat or a compliment to our life um mm-hmm. but that was one of the things that I had to really understand is like God is in control of everything mm-hmm. and he's the only one really that I should be fearful of, but in a reverence sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nothing that man can do to me would wreck the love that I have for God and the love that he has for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it, it allowed me to then breathe and yeah. have a sense of relief um, knowing that when, I do something wrong. Like, yes, I, I can feel the, all the feelings of like, wow, I'm, I'm disappointed that I did that or, um, you know, receiving it in a way that, that won't cause offense or to mm-hmm. rise up in me. Um, mm. and so I, I always tell people, I'm like, it's okay. You're not going to offend me. It takes a lot for me to get offended mm. because I, I try to practice having a sort of patience ear, pa- patient ear to listen to yeah. people. Um, but just that, that heart, of understanding like God is my God and he's going to take care of me and he sees what I did wrong too. Right. So if he loves me still, I'm going to be okay and mm-hmm. I don't have to fear. That's good. Man. Yeah. yeah uh, I think something I thought of in that moment too, um, it, you know, is, is the, what we get in the practice of the book of James is, is be quick, you know, to listen, it's literally slow what I to was speak thinking. and slow to anger because of the defensive <laughs> yeah. thing that you talked about, Lisa, of like you get into that defensive mode, but that defensive mode doesn't have to like, come out and lash mm-hmm. out to somebody else. Um, and, and I'll say this too, um, and this is probably more in the context of the ministry setting, uh, if you're in a ministry position or on the you know dream team, or whatever, but uh, a practice that we have here at BT is staff practice is believe the best. Mm-hmm. And so now what I try to do in those moments, like, all right, I get this text from whoever higher up or somebody else. It's like, all right, let me believe the best in this moment. Uh, but I know for me, like my personality is, is I'm going to get defensive. Like, okay, like, let me tell you why I did this in this situation because mm-hmm. I want them to understand my part. But but at the same time, they probably, I mean, sure, they may want to understand that, but I'm not doing that more so they understand. I'm doing more so I can put up my defensive status. You are tracking yeah. exactly where I was thinking because I was thinking the biggest mistakes I've made in those situations is getting defensive and wanting to be right. Mm. So do you want to be right or do you want to grow? Mm. Oh, come on. You know, and like what you were saying about fear, like we shouldn't be fearing man. Like if if we are secure in ourselves, when someone gives us a growth point, we're not going to feel as defensive. Mm-hmm. So part of it That's is good. feeling secure in ourselves, yeah. secure in our God to help us with whatever we're going to be facing, whatever we're walking into. Yeah. And then being gentle. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But mm. I would say in a practical sense, if there's something... If you're getting called on the carpet for something and you feel like it's unfair, maybe you could ask some questions of the boss. I think that's definitely better. Um, Okay, I see. Now, um, tell me, what do you think? Like, if you were in that situation, uh, what would you have done? Or how do you see that I could have handled that better? So asking some curious questions is really going to, I think, bring your, your supervisor to your side, warm mm-hmm. up to you because you're showing, okay, I want to grow. Yeah, I don't want to just be right. I don't want to just be defensive. I don't want to just be mad. Mm-hmm. I want to understand you and I want to grow. That's good. 
I, I, man, I just thought about this too uh, in the defensive side. Something that also happens in the defensive side is when we throw the blame on other people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Adam did in the garden, right? It's like, God, like this woman that you gave me, like, you know, it's like, and then we put the, put the, the blame on somebody yeah. else. Uh, and so going back to one of the things you said earlier is like practice that level of humility. Like if you did something, like own up to it mm-hmm. um, and, and be good with that. Um, and so that's good. I think that all that hopefully was helpful for you on the receiving end. Uh, let's kind of switch it a little bit. Well, uh, can we'll I add one more thing? Yes. I think we all have a really harsh judge sitting inside of yeah. us. We're very hard on ourselves. And part of, we need to learn how to show ourselves grace. Mm-hmm. And so Tony Dungy's mom, told him something really Tony cool. Tony Dungy is an old NFL uh, coach. Yes, yes. And he, he is also a leadership guru. Mm. And his mother used to tell him, like, your life is like a movie. And one scene does not necessarily define how the movie ends. Yeah. It's one scene. And so I think that we need to learn to be kinder to ourselves. That's good. Like, okay. I, know I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. That wasn't great. But what am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Am I going to turn yeah. it into a learning moment? Or am I going to keep beating myself up and defeating myself that's not really going to help me in the long run mm-hmm. that's good so looking at everything is all right how can i grow from that mm-hmm. yeah i love it. and and just the aspect of growth is important especially like like uh, another thing that you said is from the perspective of the leader like maybe they want to see that you're going to grow from this mm-hmm. not just respond in defense to this mm-hmm. uh flipping the switch now uh so that's kind of was how do we be on the receiving end um and this may not apply to a lot of young adults right now but it will so save this episode and listen to it later <laughs> uh but what about on the giving end? Like if you are in a position of leadership uh, at your workplace or, I mean, honestly speaking, go back to what we said illustration earlier. I'm like, like you're in a dating relationship and you you know this is not going to go any further, but yeah, we just kind of continue to prolong it for whatever reason. Uh, how do we begin the process of having the tough conversation on the giving end with somebody? Like what are some practical steps we can do there? Well, this can go in so many different ways, depending on the context of the relationship. But in general, I think there's some things we just need to know. Conflict is unavoidable. Yeah. And it just because it's there doesn't mean it's bad necessarily. It can be healthy or it can be unhealthy and destructive. It's how you handle it. Yeah. So I think one thing that's good is know yourself. What is your conflict style? Um, are you a conflict avoider? Like you're going to run from it at all costs. That has some unhealthy aspects to it. Are you a conflict, um, uh, what's the word, uh, where you really approach conflict? Mm-hmm. Um, that has some negative things as well. But like in my husband and my relationship, I'm the conflict pursuer. He's the conflict avoider. Mm. So I need to know that in the context of a personal relationship. That's good. Um, know that I'm always going to be more willing to tackle difficult conversations than him. And for him, it's hard. To me, I may see it as, but we need to work through this to get to something better. But to him, it feels like a threat. Yeah. And so recognizing people's styles That's good. Uh, is really good. And then I would say like, you need to do some homework before you have a difficult yeah. conversation. Like mm. you really need to think about some things. Uh, what's this relationship context? What do I want in the end, what do mm-hmm. I want the end result to be after I have this conversation? And we can go back again to: Do I just want to be right 
and yeah. prove myself right? Or am I in this for the betterment of the relationship or the professional context situation where it might be a performance type thing? Mm. So you really need to do some thinking. How do I want this to be? What's the real issue? How do I want this to end? How am I going to approach it? Because that will uh, put somebody on the defensive or bring them to your side. Yeah. So there's a sandwich technique that you can use, which is a positive, mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm for this relationship, uh, or, hey, you're doing a really good job here, and I want to see you really excel. So some kind of a positive mm -hmm. uh, affirmation of the relationship, and then acknowledge there's something we need to talk about that's getting in the way of you excelling at the job or uh, of our relationship being better. And then you state what it is. Try to put them out of their misery as soon as you can because yeah. like what we were yeah. saying, Rip like, oh my goodness, if you're getting, if somebody tells you we need to talk, like it's already <laughs> scary. Know that they're scared and you need to hurry up like, yeah. and get to the issue. Provide some examples if you can and then state how you would like it to change. That's good. Um, and then you end again with, Hey, I love you. I'm for us, or I appreciate you so much on this team and what you bring. Uh, I want you to succeed. So mm. let's work together to move forward. That's good. So the sandwich method, a positive, address the issue, sandwich it with another positive. Mm -hmm. Love that. So if y'all love sandwiches, <laughs> make it happen. Well, obviously, also something I forgot or left out of that uh, method was giving them a chance to respond. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you're going to... Um, Talk to somebody about something difficult. Everybody wants their day in court to be able to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, so give them a chance and try to understand because maybe it was just a misunderstanding. Um, mm -hmm. Two things I got out of everything you said. One, the whole like, like do your homework. Like that's so important. Um, and this kind of was a, when I heard this, it, it was more applying to the conversation of cancel culture uh, because we are a responsive culture. We're mm -hmm. a reactionary culture. So like when something happens in the workplace and if you're a position of leadership, you hear this thing, you hear this rumor, uh, excuse me, uh, the response is going to be to react, right? Mm -hmm. But hopefully as a leader, like you like, all right, let me gather information first. Uh, and I heard Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he's an author as well, said this in a, in a conference. He said, uh, how different are conversations about the culture would be if we took 24 hours to just stop and think, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, versus just being that reactionary yes. response culture uh, that we would respond so differently. Um, and so, yeah, I love that. Like, like do your homework, as especially as a leader, like know what's going on before you approach this conversation. Uh, and the second thing I thought of, uh, just as you're kind of laying all that out um, and looking at the positive, the addressing the issue is, is more of a question I have, I guess, is how long do you think we should wait to approach a conversation? Like, let's say you start hearing some murmurs mm -hmm. around, like, so you just kind of let it wait, let it maybe it'll fizzle out, um, or so you just address it head on. Because one of my thoughts is, like, a lot of times we just like, ah, this is not that big of a deal. But mm -hmm. then it's like something else happens, ah, it's not that mm -hmm. big of a deal. But then it just continues to pile up as not a big of a deal thing. <laughs> and then it's like a ginormous <laughs> yeah. deal. And so yeah, like, what, what would right. be your advice on kind of addressing it as far as timing, I guess? Oh, gosh. I, it just depends so yeah. much on who you're dealing with and what the problem is. Because some things can wait. Mm -hmm. Some things can't wait. You know, the mm -hmm. more serious the offense or the problem, the more quickly it needs to be addressed. Uh, or if it's in a professional workplace, if it's uh, going against the values of the culture or or being destructive in the culture, like that probably needs to be addressed mm. sooner 
rather than later. Uh, it just depends on what it is. So I don't know if there was a lot of brilliance no, in yeah, that. <laughs> I'm just curious what you thought, but that's great. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, okay, you know how the Bible says, don't go to bed angry? Yeah. So what do you think about that? Mm. I I feel like you can sleep on something. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I kind of feel like... Um, in a moment that you feel very heated or whatever, I think before you go to sleep, you can say, like, I don't have all the answers right now. And I don't think we're going to get mm-hmm. to it past midnight and yeah. we have work tomorrow or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think that good things happen in sleep. <laughs> and maybe you have a more clear mind, uh, I don't know, to, to say, like, okay, the conversation isn't finished, but... Uh, you know, let's let's rest. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think part of that too is resting in God. Like it's, yeah. all right, don't go to bed angry, but also it's like, all right, let me Take a have a moment to, with yeah. God to process what's going on, yeah. uh, whether the conversation with the person, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't completed or not, type of thing, uh, which I think is good as well. Uh, I know for me, just from my perspective, like kind of getting into my personality a little bit, like I'm not one to enjoy having these tough conversations uh, because a lot of what I want to do uh, is just give answers, like. Like, let me tell you solutions. And what, and, but it's like the, the person <laughs> receiving it may not it may not work for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best thing of the situation. Uh, you know, with counseling or, you know, pastoral care, it's like, okay, well, this is happening in your life, but you're also not reading your Bible. So just read your Bible. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still just like sim- <laughs> simple in my mind. Uh, but it's like, that's not probably the proper direction of doing this. Uh, I think a lot of it has to come from that, just the history, the research, the homework of just, and being that good listener, uh, which I've kind of learned a little bit, you know, throughout my life, a little bit of how to be a better uh, listener. Uh, But it's one of my responses is automatic of, let me just tell you what to do. (laughs) So that's what's really tough. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the topic of how to have tough conversations is, it's important, uh, and it's 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 going to be applicable for you as you continue on with pursuing a career, with your family, with mm-hmm. friends, of just being able to address it. Because another thing I see too, and even in a friend group setting, is a situation happens, and then friends just stop being friends, which mm-hmm. is like you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can still uh, enjoy friendship with one another if you're willing to have those tough conversations. They could just restore a lot of relationships um, if we have the willingness to do yeah, it. Yeah, so. I think we're a throwaway culture right Oof. now. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because we can hold tension. We're smart enough to be able to, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't walk in lockstep with a lot of people that I'm friends with. We have differing opinions and uh, on different things or even hold some different uh, values yeah. in life, but I can still be friends with them. So I think we that's need good. to reexamine our quickness to just you don't agree with me on this, so we're not friends. I'm yeah. writing you off like mm. I mean, diversity yeah. helps you grow. And so my hope mm-hmm. is that you would be in friends with people who are different than you are. That way you can grow in your understanding and your listening and, and how you approach things as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, that's that's what I have. And I, I hope as you guys tuned in, uh, it was helpful for you. Uh, and so thank you, Lisa, for joining Good. us for the paper. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it, was, I mean, it was great for me. I know Isha probably feels the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we want to thank you for, for that as well, for pouring into our young adults in this way. Uh, hopefully we can bring you on for other things, whether it's an in-person thing or another podcast episode, uh, as you continue to grow in your leadership training as well, praying that that goes well for you. Thank uh, you. And so uh, for all the young adults tuning in, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, I want to encourage you, if this blessed you, believe it's going to bless somebody else mm-hmm. as well and share it on your social media platforms. Uh, But thank you for joining us. Episode 14, How to Have Tough Conversations. We'll see you guys later. See you later. Bye.